Uh, isn't it wonderful variety that instead of hearing about the Trump-Russia collusion, we're now hearing about the Trump-Ukraine collusion. This is the big ginned up political controversy in the U.S. at the moment. And the criticism of Trump is that he used his powers as president to bully Ukraine into digging up damaging information about political rival, the Democrat, uh, I guess up until recently, the front runner, he just got eclipsed by Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, right? So this is the sort of big issue. Now, the fundamental driver of it is, is two realities. So first, the first reality is that the Democrats know that they're going to lose in, in 2020 because their candidates are both incompetent and insane. And those are the two ins that you, you don't particularly want. You can be insane but competent. You can be competent but not insane. But being insane and incompetent, uh, they realize that all of their candidates suck ass and therefore they have to generate more controversies and smoke screens and create more panic and so on. And the other thing, of course, is that there are uh, extraordinarily legitimate reasons to believe that when he was vice president under Barack Obama, Joe Biden used the power of the U.S. government to thwart an investigation into a company, a corrupt company, allegedly, where his son, Hunter Biden, was on the board of directors. So we'll get into that, but uh, I'll just give you some background here. And there's some very, very big principles at work here. I mean, I, I know it sounds like I'm diving into the news, and I find the news interesting, but it's the philosophical principles we can extract from these that I think have the most value. So let's look at this uh, history. So in May 2016, Joe Biden, as Barack Obama's designated point man on Ukraine, flew to Kiev to inform President Petro Poroshenko that a billion-dollar U.S. loan guarantee had been approved to enable Kiev to continue to service its mammoth debt. Right. So I'll put the links to all this below. I'm reading from some articles here, of course. But, said Biden, the aid was conditional. There was a quid pro quo, right? So please understand, they're, they're dangling a billion-dollar U.S. loan guarantee, and Ukraine is crazy in debt and really needs this loan guarantee in order to be able to service its debt, right? So we'll give you the billion-dollar loan guarantee, but here's what you have to do. This is the quid pro quo. If Poroshenko's regime did not fire its chief prosecutor in six hours, Biden would fly home and Ukraine would get no, low low, no loan guarantee. Ukraine capitulated instantly, said Joe, reveling in his proconsul role. So why on earth was Joe Biden, and he has implicated or said, stated indirectly that Barack Obama knew about this uh, incredibly corrupt deal, if this is what happened. And we'll get into the evidence for it in a sec. So why did Joe Biden care about a chief prosecutor in Ukraine? Well, the Ukrainian chief prosecutor had been investigating a company called Burisma Holdings. Now, that's the biggest gas company in Ukraine. So right after the U.S.-backed coup that ousted the pro-Russian government in Kiev and after Joe Biden had been given the lead on foreign aid for Ukraine, Burista, the gas company, had installed on its board at $50,000 a month Hunter Biden, the son of the vice president. Okay, so you got to understand this. I know you follow it, but just, you know, just in general, right? Joe Biden is dangling foreign aid to Ukraine. After Joe Biden gains control on foreign aid for Ukraine, this company puts Joe Biden's son on its board and pays him $50,000 a month. 
Now there's some indications the money was even higher, but let's just say it's $50,000 a month. And that is a, that's a crap ton of money. And he actually served it through till, um, I think it was April 2019. So what value does Hunter Biden bring to a Ukrainian gas company that he's worth $50,000 a month? I think we all know the answer to that. Is it his deep knowledge of the Ukrainian natural gas industry? Is it his deep knowledge of the Ukrainian language and history and customs? No. <laughs> no, he's got no experience in any of that stuff. So, now Joe Biden says... Although he was point man in the, battle, in the battle on corruption in Ukraine, he was completely unaware that his son was raking in hundreds of thousands of dollars from one of the companies under these corruption investigations. Joe Biden said, I have never spoken to my son about his various business dealings. <laughs> right. Well, maybe they did have the odd chat in the bathroom with the water running. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. It's just, oh, I don't know. It's just, it's what, what they expect us to believe. Uh, the, the clown world is not the corruption. The clown world is stuff happening right in front of your face and people saying it's not happening right in front of your face. Oh, you need postmodernism for that, right? So Trump and Rudy Giuliani, former, of course, mayor of New York, suspect that they did know, uh, uh, that Joe Biden did know about his son's business dealings. So in the July 25th phone call, which is the phone call that just happened between Trump and the Ukrainian head of state, Trump urged the new Ukrainian president to reopen the investigation of Hunter Biden and Burisma, right? The media insists that there is no story there. The real scandal is that Trump pressed the Ukrainian president to reopen the investigation to target his strongest 2020 rival. Worse, say Trump's accusers, would be if the president conditioned the transfer of $250 million in approved military aid to Kiev on the new regimes acceding to his demands, right? So this is another thing that the Democrats consistently do. And this is, I mean, one of their favorite strategists, the sort of Sun Tzu of their corrupt movement is uh, a guy named Saul Alinsky, who wrote a book called Rules for Radicals, which basically says, accuse other people of what you're doing. It covers up you, it throws the focus on them, and, and so on. And so... They're saying, gosh, what if Trump pressured someone in the Ukraine by dangling money over them? When, of course, that's, I believe, what, uh, what Joe Biden actually did, right? But this is going to be a problem for Joe Biden. A collusion with Ukraine or threats against Ukraine to fire the prosecutor investigating corruption in the company his son was a board member of. That's a big problem for Biden. And, of course, they were hoping to throw the scent off Biden and put it onto Trump. In the same way, so look, back in the day, why did, um, why did they focus so hard from Hillary's campaign with the collusion of the Democrat media, or do you can say the media, why did they focus so much on the Trump-Russia collusion? Because there was a poll way back in the day, running up to the 2016 presidential election in the U.S., there was a poll that said, what are Hillary's biggest weaknesses? What is the most vulnerable, how is she most vulnerable in terms of her history? with regards to the general population. Now, one of the big problems that came out of this, and this has something to do with the book, Clinton Cash by uh, Peter Schweitzer, I think it was, which is that Hillary and Bill Clinton took a lot of money uh, from Russia, from Russian banks, massive speeches in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. And Hillary also uh, approved the transfer of, uh, I think it was a third of America's uranium production to a Russian-owned company. So collusion with Russia 
you see, was considered to be a big vulnerability and was polled to be a big vulnerability for Hillary Clinton in the run-up to the 2016 election. So naturally, they tried to throw the scent off Hillary's collusion with Russia in order to get everyone think that the only problem with Russia collusion was Trump, right? So that's, again, they accuse you of what it is they have actually done, right? So Peter Schweitzer, president of the Government Accountability Institute, just came out with a new book he wrote, Clinton Cash as well. Joe Biden allegedly directed $1.8 billion in aid money to Ukraine as vice president while his son Hunter received millions of dollars from this energy giant Burisma Holdings. Now that's... uh, I mean, that's, that's pretty bad. That's pretty corrupt. I mean, the sort of more fundamental question to ask is why on earth is these billions of dollars flowing from the American government to Ukraine? Why? Why? Why are there over 700 military bases around the world uh, of American soldiers? I mean, why? 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 Why is this all happening? Why? I mean, America is way north of $20 trillion in debt, has $180 trillion in unfunded liabilities. Why is it dangling billions of dollars to foreign governments. Oh, to influence and to, to gain allies and to this and to that. It's like, oh, come on. I think it's all for this stuff, frankly. Now, this is why I've kind of heard uh, different numbers. So as the Hills John Solomon recently reported, Hunter Biden was paid upwards of $166,000 per month to sit on the board of Burisma from spring 2014 through fall 2015. And uh, Schweitzer was on uh, Sirius XM recently and said, we've talked before about the deals he procured with the government for China. The other place Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, procured a big deal was in Ukraine. In Ukraine, it involved an energy company called Burisma, which is a very corrupt organization headed by an oligarch named Mykola Zlokevsky, who is very close to Viktor Yanukovych, the pro-Russian leader. There's all kinds of questions and implications. Is there a Russian component to this because Burisma is such a corrupt company? Schweitzer says the bottom line is Joe Biden was the Obama administration's point person on policy towards Ukraine. He steered $1.8 billion in aid to that government. And while he was doing so, his son got a sweetheart deal with this energy company that we've been able to trace over just a 14-month period, paid $3.1 million into an account where Hunter Biden was getting paid. So obviously you could do the math, $1.8 billion versus $3.1 million. It's a pretty good... It's a pretty good, quote, business deal. I mean, this is crony capitalism, this is capitalism, but nonetheless, right? So Schweitzer highlighted Hunter Biden's lack of professional or experiential bona fides in his, in terms of his board position at Burisma Holdings. Quote, suffice to say, Hunter Biden has no background in Ukraine. He has no background in energy policy. There's really no legitimate explanation as to why he got this deal with this energy company, other than the fact his father was responsible for doling out money in Ukraine itself. He says, it's a huge problem and it goes to this question of corruption and potential payoffs and bribes that these foreign entities are making to the, uh, were making to the Bidens in exchange for hopefully getting favorable treatment. Despite the Robert Mueller-led operation's ostensible pursuit of collusion between President Donald Trump and the Russian state, Schweitzer noted actual financial dealings between the Biden family and foreign interests. So he said, one of the uh, phrases that has been tossed around as, if it, as it relates to the Russia, Russian collusion hoax, was obstruction of justice by Trump. And there's been no, at least in my mind, evidence that that ever happened. And it doesn't seem that Mueller felt any charges should be brought on that count. But in this case, you would have a pretty clear-cut 
case of obstruction of justice where Joe Biden is saying to Ukrainian officials, we are not going to give you this billion dollar loan guarantee unless you fire this guy, right, this, this prosecutor. Now, I don't know, I guess one of the ironclad things that happens in the court system or in the investigation system is it's kind of hard to get past a confession. Now, is this a confession? You be the judge. So Biden bragged recently to an audience of foreign policy experts how he threatened to hurl Ukraine into bankruptcy if their top prosecutor, General Viktor Shokin, wasn't immediately fired, according to The Hill's John Solomon. Shokin was the guy investigating Burisma. Hunter Biden was the board member. In his own words, again, links to all this would be below. In his own words, with video cameras rolling, Biden described how he threatened Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko in March 2016 that the Obama administration would pull a billion dollars in U.S. loan guarantees, sending the former Soviet Republic towards insolvency if it didn't immediately fire Prosecutor General Viktor Shokin, again, leading this wide-ranging corruption investigation into the natural gas company whose board Hunter Biden sat on. Biden bragged, I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here in, I think it was about six hours. I looked at them and said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor is not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch, he got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid at the time. And this is uh, at a Council on Foreign Relations event. And he insisted that former President Obama was complicit in the threat. So, when Biden was vice president, he openly bragged about threatening to destroy the economy of Ukraine, hurl it into bankruptcy if they didn't fire their top prosecutor who was investigating a company his son sat on the board of. Come on. Come on. Now, interviews with half a dozen senior Ukrainian officials confirm Biden's account, although they claim the pressure was applied over several months in late 2015 to early 2016, not just in six hours on one dramatic day. Maybe he embellished it for the story and all that. So whatever happened, whether it was six hours or a couple of months, Poroshenko and Ukraine's parliament obliged by ending Shokin's tenure as prosecutor. Shokin was facing steep criticism in Ukraine and among some U.S. officials for not bringing enough corruption prosecutions. And then he was fired. U.S. banking records show Hunter Biden's American-based firm, Rosemont Seneca Partners, LLC, received regular transfers into one of its accounts, usually more than $166,000 a month, from Burisma from spring 2014 through fall 2015, right? It's a huge amount of money. So before he was fired, the chief prosecutor in Ukraine, Shokin, says he had made, quote, specific plans, end quote, for the investigation, including... Quote, interrogations and other, and other crime investigation procedures into all members of the executive board, including Hunter Biden. Should we just rewind that one again and hear that again? Right before he was fired, Shokin says he had made, quote, specific plans, quote, for the investigation, including, and I quote, interrogations and other crime investigation procedures into all members of the executive board, including Hunter Biden. This is the guy. That Vice President Joe Biden, well, the country, that Vice President Joe Biden threatened to withhold massive amounts of aid loan guarantees if this guy wasn't fired, who had planned to investigate his son. <sighs> what can I say? Although Biden made no mention of his son in his 2018 speech, U.S. and Ukrainian authorities both told me Biden, this is uh, um, via the Hill, 
Biden and his office clearly had to know about the general prosecutor's probe of Burisma and his son's role. They noted that, quote, Hunter Biden's appointment to the board was widely reported in American media. The U.S. Embassy in Kiev that coordinated Biden's work in the country repeatedly and publicly discussed the general prosecutor's case against Burisma. Great Britain took very public action against Burisma while Joe Biden was working with that government on Ukraine issues. Biden's office was quoted on the record acknowledging Hunter Biden's role in Burisma in a New York Times article about the general prosecutor's Burisma case that appeared four months before Biden forced the firing of Shokin. The vice president's office suggested in that article that Hunter Biden was a lawyer free to pursue his own private business deals. But they never discussed it, right? So there's a conflict of interest thing, right? So here's some questions that were printed and could ask of Joe Biden. Was it appropriate for your son and his firm to cash in on Ukraine while you served as a point man for Ukraine policy? What work was performed for the money Hunter Biden's firm received? Did you know about the Burisma probe? And when it was publicly announced that your son worked for Burisma, should you have recused yourself from leveraging a U.S. policy to pressure the prosecutor who very publicly pursued Burisma? Crazy. And there's more too, right? So this is again back to Peter Schweitzer. His new book is called Secret Empires. I'll put links to Clinton Cash and Secret Empires below. In 2013, then Vice President Biden and his son Hunter flew together to China on Air Force Two. And two weeks later, Hunter's firm inked a private equity deal for $1 billion with a subsidiary of the Chinese government's Bank of China, which later expanded to $1.5 billion. Okay. So that's what's going on in the Biden camp. And again, it's just throwing people off the trail that is accusing your enemy of what you have yourself done, I believe. So anyway, let's go back to the accusation. So what's the issue right now? Mr. Trump and Ukrainian president, the Ukrainian president, had a phone conversation 25th July this year, 2019. The U.S. president is alleged to have pressed his Ukrainian counterpart to investigate former President Biden. Mr. Trump may also have discussed the $250 million in military aid Congress approved for Ukraine aid that the Trump administration had delayed releasing until mid-September. And again, it comes back to that basic question. Why is America firing cannonfuls of money when it's heavily in debt to Ukraine? Congressional Democrats say the phone call raised by a whistleblower in a formal complaint is important because it helps shed light on the president's dealings with the, with the foreign leader. And by the way, the lawyer for the whistleblower donated to Biden's election campaign. So, you know, it all fits together like a fiery jigsaw puzzle from hell. So critics from the White House say that Mr. Trump put pressure on Mr. Zelensky, the uh, president uh, of um, Ukraine, urging him to tell officials in his government to investigate business activities related to Hunter Biden, blah, blah, blah. Okay. The most damning allegation is that the president pressured a foreign leader for damaging information about a political opponent while holding out the prospect of U.S. military aid. Now, the way that that's characterized, and you'll get this kind of stuff from the mainstream media, it's actually kind of false. I mean, it's really false, right? So asking for an investigation... Like when the chief prosecutor was fired and the investigation, I think, fell apart, asking it for to, be, to, to be reopened, that's not looking for damaging information. That's asking for a corruption probe that was rudely interrupted by pressure from Joe Biden be reopened. I mean, I don't see how that's particularly bad. So this is the, the Trump call. So what happened was... They said, oh, this is collusion. He pressured them and this is bad and wrong or whatever, right? And uh, Trump just, well, he was in the UN giving a speech. He said, I'll release the transcript tomorrow. So release the transcript. And Trump says this. 
when he's talking to the Ukrainian president. He says, I would like you to do us a favor, though, because our country has been through a lot and Ukraine knows a lot about it. I would like you to find out what happened with this whole situation with Ukraine. They say crowd strike. I guess you have one of your wealthy people, the server. They say Ukraine has it. Now, uh, Ukraine, server, crowd strike. There's a lot going on there. I'm not sure exactly what it is. Uh, are they talking about the server, uh, the DNC server? Are they talking about Hillary's email server, uh, CrowdStrike? Uh, I've talked about a lot before, so you can look into all of that yourself. So there's that. There are a lot of things that went on, said Trump. The whole situation, I think you're surrounding yourself with some of the same people. I would like to have the attorney general call you or your people, and I would like you to get to the bottom of it. As you saw yesterday, that whole nonsense ended with a very poor performance by a man named Robert Mueller, an incompetent performance. But they say a lot of it started with Ukraine. Whatever you can do, it's very important that you do it, if that's possible. The other thing, said Trump, there's a lot of talk about Biden's son, that Biden stopped the prosecution, and a lot of people want to find out about that. So whatever you can do with the attorney general would be great. Biden went around bragging that he stopped the prosecution, so if you can look into it, it sounds horrible to me. Didn't mention anything about a quid pro quo, didn't make any threats, just said, hey, if you could look into this, that would be great. Is, is he not allowed to discuss these things? I mean, you give a, maybe the Democrats, you know, is he allowed to talk about pets, uh, the weather? Uh, you know, is he not allowed to talk about things that are kind of important to the country as a whole? And it is kind of important to the country as a whole, whether there was a soft coup by the, uh, the Clintons uh, and uh, FBI and CIA and you name it, right? That seems, seems pretty important. So Giuliani had something interesting to say. So he called out the Obama administration back in the day for being, quote, in the tank, asking, quote, why didn't Obama say when he saw the first Ukraine article that said there was a serious conflict of interest, why didn't Obama call his vice president and say, Joe, you can't give, give this kid a job. Joe, did you get your kid a job with the crookedest oligarch in Ukraine just four months after we had to toss him out of the military for drug addiction? Do you know how that's going to look, Joe? And here, of course, we may have an answer to one of life's eternal and deepest mysteries, which is why Barack Obama did not endorse his vice president, Joe Biden, for presidency or for the candidacy for the president. Well, because if Joe Biden becomes the leading candidate for presidency for 2020, this kind of stuff's going to be dug into and it's not going to look good for the Obamas, right? Now, CNN, of course, are all over this and saying it's nothing to nothing burger and, and uh, you know, uh, Biden had nothing to do with the blah, 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 right? But CNN's John King said on Inside Politics, quote, Hunter Biden worked for a natural gas company in Ukraine, which is totally fair game. Did the vice president's son use his dad's influence to make money somewhere in the world? That's, that is totally fair game, right? Well, correspondent. Tom Lamas pointed out, quote, this is actually an issue Joe Biden has been dealing with since 2014, but it's come up again because he's now running for president. The reporter warned that, quote, Republicans, including President Trump, are trying to hammer Biden over this and framed the story, quote, at issue was Hunter Biden profiting off his dad's work as vice president and did Joe Biden allow it? So that is... Um pretty important. So this went back. He also went on to say, in 2014, Ukrainians sick of corruption revolted. Vice President Joe Biden went to Kiev to help the new government. That was followed by a soundbite of Biden telling the Ukrainians, quote, you have to fight the cancer of corruption. 
And he said, this is kind of hypocritical, quote, just three weeks later, a Ukrainian natural gas company, Burisma, accused of corruption, appoints Hunter Biden, seen here in their promotional videos, to their board of directors paying his firm more than a million dollars a year. Not only did the report mention Hunter Biden's suspicious foreign deal making, it also highlighted his past drug use. Hunter, a lawyer who had just been discharged from the Navy Reserves for testing positive for cocaine. So Hunter Biden... Okay, so it's a kind of strange story. I don't really understand all of it. Maybe you can sort of let me know below. In May 2013, Biden joined the U.S. Naval Reserve. This is Hunter Biden. So he received an age-related waiver because he was over the age cutoff of 42. And he also received a second waiver because of a prior drug-related incident. Now, in February 2014, which is really what, less than a year later, Biden was discharged from the Navy Reserve because he tested positive for cocaine use. Uh, now, Hunter Biden said, oh, I, I, I ingested the cocaine accidentally, but then he didn't end up contesting his discharge before an appeals panel. Now, when it comes to Hunter Biden, I mean, we're talking about a guy, I mean, he's a lawyer, but his battles with drug addiction have been fairly legendary. His messy, ugly breakup, divorce, and so on is, is fairly messy. We'll get into that in a sec. But just think about it. I mean, who wants to appoint to the board of a big company somebody who's got some serious drug issues? It, would, it doesn't make much sense, right? So let's go back to this. So Joe Biden's son Hunter's battles with drug abuse and addiction have been detailed in a new magazine piece. Again, sources below. In the piece, Biden details... This is Hunter. How he started drinking at an early age and fought to escape, quote, a never-ending tunnel, end quote, of addiction. He said, there's addiction in every family. There really isn't. He told the New Yorker, I was in that darkness. I was in that tunnel. It's a never-ending tunnel. You don't get rid of it. You figure out how to deal with it. So Hunter began drinking in his teenage years, graduated smoking cigarettes and using cocaine during his college years at Georgetown in the early 90s. Oh, you see, Barack Obama confessed to cocaine use as well, right? New York, New Yorker author Adam Antuth wrote, once hoping to buy cocaine, he was sold a piece of crack, but he wasn't sure how to take the drug. I didn't have a stem, Hunter said. I didn't have a pipe. Improvising, he stuffed the crack into a cigarette and smoked it. It didn't have much of an effect, he said. I mean, this is this desperate stuff, right? And now I know the relationship between child abuse and uh, drug addiction and all of this, which I've been into, I've gone into a bunch of times before. You can look at my interviews with Gabor Mate, M-A-T-E, uh, here on this, and read the book. It's a very good book, which is uh, in the realm of hung hungry ghosts. But anyway, so whenever I see drug abuse, rampant drug abuse, I see child abuse. But anyway. So as of 2017, this is an article from 2017, former Vice President Joe Biden's surviving son, Hunter, uh, the son died of brain cancer, hasn't just dumped his wife for his late brother's widow. Right? He dumped his wife for his late brother's widow. He has squandered his family's money on hookers, strip club, clubs and drugs, according to divorce papers obtained by the Post. The papers filed last week by Hunter Biden's soon-to-be ex, Kathleen, offer a sordid peek behind the squeaky clean image of the popular ex-Veeps family. Quote, his spending rarely relates to legitimate family expenses, but focuses on his own travel, at times multiple hotel rooms on the same night, gifts for other women, alcohol strip clubs, or other personal indulgences. This is Kathleen Biden saying about her husband. The family is in deep financial hole. They owe well, three, over $313,000 in taxes. They have a double mortgage on their home and recently bounced three checks to a housekeeper, according to the filing. 
So he's in financial trouble and he's being paid, though he recently tested positive for drugs, he's being paid by a Ukrainian company for which he has no experience or competence to deal with a huge amount of money. And he still goes heavily in debt, right? These are all warning signs, right? So that's Hunter Biden. I mean, it's a complete mess. Now, so back to Trump. And, and this is just a basic intelligence test for people, right? So Trump denied doing anything improper. Tweeting, quote, virtually any time I speak on the phone to a foreign leader, I understand that there may be people listening from various U.S. agencies, not to mention those from the other country itself. Knowing all of this, is anyone dumb enough? Is anybody dumb enough to believe that I would say something inappropriate with a foreign leader while on such a potentially heavily populated call? So, I mean, you can draw your own conclusions, but it's really not that, hun, uh, that, that, that tough to do. So the, the thing to understand about politics, about, about Hollywood, and, and George W. Bush said this about his father. He said, why do I have power? As is before he became president and invaded Iraq. So he said, look, why do I have power in, in, uh, sorry, in, in Washington? Why do I have power in Washington? I have power in Washington because, you see, Power is defined by access, and I can pick up the phone and I can call my dad, who's the president, anytime. So because I have access to the president, every phone call, almost every phone call he'll take, I have power. Right? So access is power. And so the sons of politicians have access to those politicians' power in a way that no one else does, no other lobbyist has. And it's pretty easy to monetize that kind of pressure, right? Joe Biden seems to have confessed, at least to my ears, he seems to have confessed that he pressured the Ukrainian government to fire the prosecutor who was going to investigate, who claimed he was going to investigate Hunter Biden, his son. You know, and it's pretty easy to be cocky and belligerent with other people's money. Now, for those of us who are interested in ethics and morals, this is a damning tale. But the frustration, and I want you to be aware of this frustration going forward, right? It's the philosophical part of things. Like half of the American population, half the population in many areas of the West, are dependent upon government money dependent upon government money. Now, if you're an addict, a rampant addict, and you have only one source for your drug, do you really care about the ethics of how your drug dealer behaves? You don't really care. You don't really care. You know, let's say that your drug dealer uh, yelled abuse at his girlfriend and you, 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 someone said, hey man, you know, your drug dealer, he yelled abuse at his girlfriend. You're like, oh, well, you know, fundamentally I've got this drug that I need, that I'm desperate for, that I can't live without. So yeah, it's a shame, but who cares, right? I need my drug. So there's kind of two views into this kind of stuff. So the first view, which is going to come from the conservatives, it's going to come from the Christians, it's going to come from moral people, it's going to come from the right, is, well, this is terrible stuff. You know, this disqualifies the guy from being uh, president. This disqualifies the guy from public office, you know, given that he seems to have confessed to using his power to squash an investigation, a criminal investigation into his son, uh, that's direct obstruction of justice, that's using taxpayer money dangled over the Ukrainian government in order to achieve the corruption of a judicial system and an investigation that's terrible, wretched stuff, it's corrupt, and what the heck was, you know, former drug addict Joe Biden, uh, sorry, Hunter Biden, with no experience doing on this board and being paid millions of, like, you know, it is, so that's the moral perspective, right, and that perspective is important, but I'm telling you, I'm straight up telling you, it's like, it's like, to a much more minor extent, it's the whole blackface question with Justin Trudeau in Canada, where people say, man, like Justin Trudeau, I think it was in 1997, he bragged about taking a 
one of these race sensitivity, gender inclusion, diversity courses as part of his education to become a teacher. And he's like, man, I checked off 19 of the 20 privileged things and it really made me sensitive to races and to other things. And then, you know, he does his blackface multiple times, stuffs an artificial giant black penis down his pants and, you know, makes faces, mugging for the camera, dances around and so on, does all the boogaloo racist stuff, all the Sambo stuff, all of the gollywog stuff that is, is literally, I mean, it's horribly offensive. And this is after, right? So he says, oh, I didn't know it was offensive at the time. I was like, come on, man. I mean, back in the 80s, fraternities were getting uh, disciplined for doing blackface or having blackface. So it's so people say, oh, man, this is terrible. You know, in Canada, oh, the blackface thing is terrible. But the reality is, of course, that uh, if you're an immigrant and, and you are concerned that the conservatives are going to minimize immigration and you want to bring five family members over, what does blackface matter to you relative to getting your family members over into Canada? Maybe they're ill. Maybe they need health care. Maybe they need good dental care. Maybe they whatever, right? So, you know, people just have these incentives that go way beyond the ethics. And so the moral people are looking at the Biden stuff and saying, well, that clearly that's going to disqualify the guy. But that's not how half the population works. Half the population is, I need government money. The Democrats are promising me government money. Right? I mean, it's the same thing up here in Canada. Justin Trudeau is now promising to cut cell phone bills by 25% if he's re-elected. Of course, why he hasn't done it for the last who knows how many years, right? You've got uh, the, uh, the head of the NDP saying, oh, we'll give you free dental care if you make less than $70,000. It's like, so you're just handing over other people's money. It, it's vote buying. It's bribing. It's bribing the voters. It's clear. You can't offer money to a politician directly to do what you want, but you can offer money and benefits to taxpayers to get them to vote for you. I mean, it's, it's beyond corrupt, right? But it's important to understand this. Half the population is going to look at the Joe Biden stuff and say, well, that's appalling. This guy's got to be out of the race. But the other half of the population who are dependent upon government money for their survival are going to look at Joe Biden and say, I don't care what you did. I don't care what you did. I just want to get paid. 